Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Illumineers Quest podcast, where we talk everything Lorcana. I'm Zach. And I'm Jacob. And thanks for coming on this journey with us. Okay, so today is a, a fun episode. It's a little different. It's kind of theorizing a little bit, but it's also kind of just our thoughts on things. Underappreciated cards. I think that, I mean, there's a lot of decks that I think could be created down the line from some of these appreciated cards we're going to um, mention today. I think there's a lot of cards that bring new mechanics and new ideas and new deck types. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, if you think of underappreciated, it's like it's a good card, but it's not really used, utilized as much. And so, um, you know, it's not in like a super meta deck now, but maybe it will be down on the lo- down the line some. But yeah, so we're going we're gonna to each touch on a card from each ink type that we think is a little underappreciated or... Um, you know, is worth looking at. And if you're not playing the most meta thing ever and you just want some fun stuff to play, I think this would be a good episode to listen to as well. So For sure. Um, okay, with that said, um, as always, thanks for listening and we appreciate all the support. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, we also have a YouTube channel at Illumineers Quest on YouTube where we do all of our unboxings and things. We also um, have a X slash Twitter account that you can ask us questions or comment on stuff at Pod. You can also email us questions at lorconapod at gmail.com. Um, and lastly, if you are on YouTube uh, listening slash watching the, the podcast, you can follow us on any of the major podcast networks like Spotify, Apple, iHeart, and Radio, and so forth. So as always, thanks for listening. And with that said, um, get into the first first subject here. And questions from comments from listeners. So no specific thing to talk about um, again on this one, but I... Have or I say that because I want to go over a lot of the results from the polls that we mentioned a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So um, since then we've had a couple and we've actually got quite a few votes more on these last two these couple weeks since like the last probably eight or twelve episodes and so a lot of results here. Um, the first one, which is from two or three episodes ago now, I think at this point, is are you excited for Laurel Connor locations? And overwhelmingly, with 85% of the vote being yes. So I think we both agree. And in, in, in the most part, my one stipulation to not agreeing is that is it going to change the way the game is played a little too much, a little too fast? But in general, yes, I'm very excited for locations. I'm excited for new stuff. A um, little hesitant, I'd say. A little hesitant. Yeah, I, I think I'm in that same boat. Um, then on the, on that on the same episode, we we kind of asked, are they going to change the game in a massive way? And um, both responses on this one say kind of the same deal, where it's like, yeah, these are pro- most likely going to like really change the game. So I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, we don't have a ton of information on them yet, but I think that is probably the case. Um, and then secondarily. Uh, on the the next poll that we have here to talk through is is the chapter two meta better or worse than chapter one? We have different opinions on this because we were just going over the results before we started this, and you said one thing and I said the other. Um, I have to think that our fans are correct, and I agree with the fans. <laughs> so, and what um, did the fans say? The fans said yes. They said with eighty three percent of the vote said yes. The chapter two meta is better than chapter one. So that, Jake, on the other hand, hates our fans and thinks <laughs> <laughs> and thinks I that, resent them. That is wrong. Um, no, so I I just think. Look, I don't know I don't know what it is about chapter one, but it was very special to me. So it, I'm biased, 
And I think it was special to a lot of people. But chapter one was just a very, very special set to me. And I think that that, you know, that, that span of time that we had where it was just those cards, you know, two, two Floodborne per... But we're talking meta, not I un- set. I understand. But I think having two Floodborne per ink was a big part of that. And that has to do with the set. Um, and I just think it was, it was, I mean, I, I like complicated strategies and stuff, but one thing is it was a lot more simpler. I, yeah, I'm all for simplicity too. So I can, I can agree with that, but everything else you're saying I'm disagreeing with. So I also think that, um, two of the meta decks probably, if I were to break it down in chapter two are way too meta and way too OP. And I think everything was a lot, you know, more more easier to get around in chapter one I th- and you could not be more wrong in that the two meta decks that you're referring to are steel song and ruby amethyst and those were even stronger in chapter one i don't what in our initial in in this episode in the meta report episode we said there are four to five viable decks in this meta in chapter one there was only those two for a reason because they were that much overpowered I mean, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> There's no agree to disagree. Oh, you just backtracking. Okay, I'm I'm on your side, listeners. So thank you for your support as always, and, and I appreciate you being on my side. That 16.7 percent. Thank you, sir, <laughs> or or lady, either or, or. or ladies, sirs, whoever. Um, yes. Okay, so yeah, that's 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 where we are. Um, and then on that on that episode for the uh, the the question of the episode was, what is the most annoying deck to play against? And this unfortunately kind of supports your theory because two of the three responses were for bounce, which is the new Ruby Amethyst 2.0. Um, but there's also a popsicle answer, which I also kind of agree with, which shows the diversity of the meta this time. But I I would say it is. I digress. You know what I would say is the most annoying. It's freaking sleepy flutes. I hate those. Ca- I hate that card so much. But it's the uh, steel song. Sleepy for me. flutes. Okay. Um, with that said, card of the week, and it is your turn. Card of the so day, I'm going to use week. card of the week here as a kind of bonus underappreciated card that's not going to be on the Ooh, list. Ooh, okay. I like it. Um, and that would be Christopher Robin. All right. All Adventurer. Right. Yeah. Um, so he's six cost, inkable, two strength, six willpower, uh, two lore, and he has ability will always be together whenever you ready this character. If you have two or more, uh, if you have two or more other characters in play, gain two lore. And since Jake didn't mention it, I'll correct him and say that is an amber card. My bad. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Yeah, I know. I think Christopher Robin's a good one. I think this very much fits that vibe of what you said to start off this episode on these cards might become more viable over time. I can't think of a better card that fits that definition than this one. For sure. I think right now he doesn't get played much because the Steel Song meta for Amber is so strong that if you're playing Amber, you're pretty much in that wheelhouse mm-hmm. and he doesn't fit that wheelhouse yeah and i think there could be a a secondary i mean i i would see this working in maybe some sort of um ruby amber kind of deck where you for could, sure we could ready it back up with the foos and fan the flames and stuff like that i mean yeah if you quest ready him up challenge ready him up challenge i mean that's a lot of lore 
could also give him strength with the queen as well. Yeah. So he could be a... So he could actually be banishing those characters yeah. that he's challenging him. I, I, I mean, I thought of little strategies like that, and I think it's a really exciting card. Like, you could think of it as a super strong six willpower um, challenging card, like yeah. challenging weapon. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know why this wasn't my actual Amor card for underappreciated. Now I'm rethinking it, but no, that's, that's a really good I'll card. I'll give it its whole segment. I mean, it's... That's I think fair. It's, that's fair. Um, yeah, big... no, I, th- I think that's a really good one. I think I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of future potential behind this for sure. For sure, and I think um, I mean it might even get stronger, like what you're saying with locations. I mean, there could be something that kind of like could go into the the reading aspect that could make it even better. Um, yeah, I would. I would, I mean, the initial thing when you said that that popped in my mind was a location that readies a card after it quests. But that would like that would be busted. There's no way that would be do incredibly. That. busted. There's no way. Yeah, do that it. would be like so incredibly busted <laughs> that there's there's just no way that that could be a thing. Um, but yeah, so I I think you're right. I think you know we will continue to see things get developed, and this could be one that gets revisited for sure. Absolutely. Um, okay, so news. What's on our mind? League match recap. Fun experiences we had. Thoughts. Um, I think the biggest thing on my mind is. Um, we finally like sat down and played a ton recently. It was a good time. And we finally got paired together at League, which hadn't happened yet. But more importantly, and I, I grouped those two together because all within the span of a couple days, we finally got to play. Like we hadn't really sat down and played Chapter Two together that much, but we—I mean, we played for what three hours that day. Yep, it was a good. Time. And it was, and I, I think that was the most fun I've ever had playing, like in general. Like I don't know why we just had a great time and. and they were. I think it wasn't really one-sided at all, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that. That probably had a lot to do with it. I think at the end of the day, I won one more, but it was mainly because you were over it and just were tired. I'm a little tired. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I think we played for three hours, like I said. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a lot. So, anyways, so yeah, I mean, it, it was a very even day. Um, we played. You played your Ruby Amethyst deck. I played a little discard, a little Steel Song. So. That was fun too because I like the variety of it. Yeah, for um, sure. But anyways, yeah. So that that's what's on my mind is just the. But I, I think that's genuinely the best fun or the most fun I've had playing since we started. I don't. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. What, there was nothing like crazy special about it. Just mm-hmm. it was a really good fun session playing. It was also like a little like this is a gaming term, but a little like grindy a little bit. You know, it was just yeah. That's, keep that's, going. That's, yeah, we we just kept just yeah kept grinding the games through. I mean, how many did we play? Probably fourteen, fifteen. We we played an odd number, so probably fifteen. Yeah, probably. I mean, and wins were literally going back and forth. I mean, for the most part. Yeah, that's true. So the, at um, at one point, I think the first like ten games, probably whoever went first won, mm-hmm. and we finally said, okay, whoever the first one to win, not going first wins and that and then i won like the next game that i didn't go first i won and then the next game that you didn't go first you won and so we're like okay well we can't use that to decide it <laughs> i completely forgot about that part so yeah it was just it was really fun back and forth and yeah it was just a great time so that's i mean again this is what that's all about right like it's yeah, playing and having absolutely. fun with absolutely. your buds so um also one thing that i've been i've been i guess i'll use this as mine i guess um I've been kind of building some, some I guess I'll say decks that go against the rules. I kind of like I say like uh, different kinds of ways of playing the game, like just for fun with your friends. Um, so I've been like I've been thinking about a single ink 
deck, which hint, hint, wink, wink, might be a future <laughs> episode. Yeah. Um, so little stuff like that, like a deck, like a multicolored rainbow deck, but only one costs, which would be interesting. Ooh. A deck full of one card. Um, little little stuff like that. Like some of the what if stuff that we've gone through. Some of the what if stuff, adding some some fun to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, no, I, I think that's cool too. Um, anything else then before we before we get going on this? Are you good to go? I, th- I, mean, I think I'm good to go. Right. I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go then. Um, okay. So we're just gonna go through these inks as you know in kind of order like they are. But we've as we started as I kind of touched on when we started this. We each have one card that we think is a little underappreciated in today's set um, from each ink type, and we're just going to go through it and go from there. So I'll let you start, Jake. You can kick it away here. You started because I already got one. Oh, I guess you got the card. I guess you got the card of the week. Okay, I'll start here. So for Amber, my under currently underappreciated card, and this is kind of funny that I'm doing this one because this is one of Jake's big ones to start with. That quickly fell by the wayside um, <laughs> is Grand Duke, Advisor to the King. So Grand Duke's the two-cost, inkable, two-strength, two-willpower, um, amber card, quests for one, but his big ability is that your prince, princess, king, queen characters all get plus one strength. And shockingly, there's a lot of king, queen, prince, princess cards. A lot. And I have him, and the reason I picked this one is because there's not like a super meta aggro, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, Royals deck, but he is in my discard deck because the Flynn's are princes, which is shocking. But so I, I mean, it is a Floodborn, so maybe it's a alternate. No, all the Flynn's. All the Flynn's. All the Flynn's. So it's all post the first movie. All the Flynn's are princes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, Simba's a prince who's also in there to help bodyguard protect. Okay. Prince John is a prince. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. But. Um, and so, like, most of the cards, you know, are very underpowered for the discard deck because they're not really challenging much. But that really helps if you get into that area where you need to challenge, especially Simba being a 3-3. Three, three. Like, there's, that's crazy. There's also some really interesting ones, like Lady Tremaine is a queen, the Floodborne one, which is... Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe there's a Scar that's a king. Yeah, so, I mean, anyways, the, the, the point is, is that there's not, like, a super meta deck that he's behind or in currently, but he does help out that discard deck that I play a ton, and so that's why I chose him here, and, you know, again, given the, the, the chance for a royal deck at some point with the amount of king-queen-prince-princess cards that there are, it'll just, you know, could become even more viable over time. All right, that's mine for Amber. Qu- I mean, coincidentally, mine is a king card. See, there you go. Um, that's 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 my point. We've got Mufasa, betrayed leader in amber, um, five cost, inkable, three strength, three willpower, with uh, quest for two lore. This is one of our legendaries in amber, um, and his ability is the sun will set. When this character is banished, you may reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a character card, you may play that character for free and then enter play exerted. Otherwise, put it on th- the top of your deck. So he replaces himself. Essentially, there's there's a very strong chance he replaces himself. Yes, um, I mean depending on how you build the deck as well. Yeah, um, and and I may have told this story already, but the first time he was played against me, he was used on um, just in time. So on turn three, they played just in time into Mufasa. I banished him the next turn to have Surfer or to have Rockstar Stitch played on me. Just and then I was done after that because it was just impossible to take out Rockstar Stitch that 
early on. There's lots of possibilities. Yeah. I mean, for what it could pop out. You know, if you're playing Amber Ruby, it could be Monsters Dragon, for all we know. Very well could be. Um, and that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a no. It, it it could be. I mean, you know, it's a little bit of a gamble. Like you might get something good, you might not. But I still think that overall, that ability at least replaces himself with something on the board to deal with. So, which is cool. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, um, I think that covers Amber then, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, we're not the the thing with Amber overall is that you're not seeing anything out of Amber Steel Song. Um, so anything that doesn't fit that is pretty much unplayed. Um, yeah. So I think most of Amber, I could say, is pretty underappreciated. Um, so, you know, there may be a secondary Amber deck coming down the line at some point so that we see a lot of these cards. But Okay, and we didn't discuss this, but I'm going to do it, and you can do it for Amethyst. I'm going to give a... I'm not going to go into full details on it, but I'm going to give an honorable mention to King Louie for, for Amber. So. Um, if you want to know more about King Louie, like I said, we're not going to spend all the time on it, but I think King Louie is another one of those, like we talked about Christopher Robin, that could find a home in a, like a really crazy deck at some point. Um, so yeah, King Louie would be my honorable mention. Um, okay, moving on to Amethyst. So this one was tough for me. I was between two cards, and they're very, very similar. Um, I was between Hey Hey and Cusco. So they're both two-cost inkable cards, um, both quests for one. And they both replace themselves. So, hey, hey, when this character is banished in a challenge, you return this character to your hand. So it's kind of like drawing a card because he was banished, and rather than going to your or to your banished pile, he goes back to your hand. And Cusco is a same thing, and it says when this character is banished, you may draw a card. So he goes to the discard, you get to draw one. So it's it's you know from from the respect of like keeping your hand full, it's the same. However, I chose hey, hey. Um, one because of the art, I think that has to be mentioned. You have to you have to say the art. Um, but two, he's got two strength versus Cusco's one, so the chances of him banishing a character in that challenge as well is a lot higher versus Cusco getting banished, the person that he challenges staying in the game. And so Hey Hey's more likely to trade, and so that's why I went with Hey Hey. I think there's also a big part in that that you know, um, the Cusco's. A- only two costs as well, but hey, it's two cost, and so you know you're getting that two cost back in your hand to probably play it again next turn. You know, on top of something else, or to ink the other. I guess yes. I, I I didn't honestly that's just crossed my mind just now. But if you're drawing with Cusco, you might draw an uninkable with hey hey. You know you're gonna get a card that if you need to ink next turn, you can ink it. Sure. So I, I mean, I think it's it's really nice for sure. It, it I mean it could work with you know some maybe bounce strategies. It's not yeah. It's there. It's, yeah. It's nice. And on to yours, which I will preface by saying you stole from me. This is the, I think, maybe the most underrated card of the set. Like, the entire set. I said it, and then you're like, oh, that's mine. So I, I, I didn't know it was yours. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you, I'm saying you stole it because, I, as in, this is, that's a really, really good pick. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Go. Also, I, can I just say the art right off the bat? But Fantastic. We'll get into that. Okay, go. Peter Pan's Shadow. Not sewn on. I don't get that reference, but... Because, like, in the movie, when it, it's not attached to his feet and they have to, like, go get his shadow, like, he's oh, not with Peter Pan. It's just it. the shadow I gotcha. that's, the, that's attacking. I was thinking of, like, cloth sewing. I was, I well, yeah, it. but that's, I mean, yeah. I get it. So, okay. okay. So, anyways, Peter Pan's shadow. Four cost, uh, unequable, two strength in, in Amethyst. We'll say that again. Uh, two strength, three willpower. Um, quest for two. 
And so this is where we get into the, the goodies here. So he has evasive. Three abilities. <laughs> he has evasive, rush, and tiptoe. And that is your other characters with rush gain evasive. Yep, that's crazy. Three abilities. I could I could see a super insane like Ruby Amethyst deck that's not bounce with this down the line. It could work bounce into it, but much more of an aggro version of Ruby Amethyst. Not even like it'd be aggro like challenge with Shere Khan and Queen of Hearts. Um, I mean and. Ruby's already got some evasives over there as well, but like Maui giving him evasive? Maui, Maui, I mean, Maui's a little different because he can't quest, and so the evasiveness does, I mean, it helps because it keeps him from being able to remove, but yeah, I mean, Maui, the new Queen of Hearts, I mean, she's probably going to die on her rush because she's only 2-2, but um, you've got Zeus then from Chapter 1, which, like him... You know, having zero strength when being challenged, like that's a really, really good card to have to give evasive to mm-hmm. because he goes in and does a ton of damage and then he can't be challenged the next turn to then be punished. So yeah. that's a crazy one. And then, yeah, Rafiki, like you mentioned, I mean, there's a ton of rush characters that you could build a package around to continue to remove cards from the board with and then leave them on because they're all evasive then. So I like it a lot. I think it's a fantastic pick. And also within itself, it's a four cost evasive two quester. So yeah, from that respect, he's a he's a pong. I mean, he's got pongo stat lines aside from the he, uninkable. He's just uninkable. So, but I, I think given the evasive, the rush, and the tiptoe, the uninkable makes it balanced. It, it is worth <laughs> it's worth it. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I I completely agree with that one. I think that, like I said to begin with, I think that's a fantastic pick that um, is very much overlooked. And again, as more characters come out with rush, that gets even stronger so it's a perfect pick for this also again i'll mention locations if there's a location that gives your characters rush Ooh, good good call good call okay um switching it up a little bit going to emerald or no, wait no sorry you, do you have a uh do you have a uh honorable mention that you'd like to pick for amethyst i know i'm putting you on the spot here um i mean I mean, I don't. I mean, I like. Okay, I'll say this. It's it's not a um a character card, but I like I, I'm stuck. Yeah. An action card. I think that's fun. Um, which is a one cost inkable action. Chosen exerted character can't ready at the start of their next turn. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a kind of mini one cost Elsa, if you think about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, it kind of freezes a character. I think it could see play down the road as a strong one cost action. Okay. Not much of a. A, uh, a honorable mention as we just went through the entire card, but you know we're getting there. What else am I? Sp- just say I'm stuck. You know, I think oh. like I did. I didn't go through all the King Louis stats. I said it I'm, could be a good one. My bad. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Okay, um, moving on to Emerald. I am going to say, and I'm I'm actually glad you said I'm stuck because I'm sticking on the same theme and I'm going action card and I'm going with Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Mentioned this in a couple episodes now. I would love this card to be the coolest thing ever. the The best line I can think of, or the best like play with this, is one. It's a song, so that, I mean that alone gives it a, a leg up. But two, if you like play Lady Tremaine, remove a card, sing Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, and just replay Lady Tremaine. First of all, you gotta explain the card so people know. What we're you know what? About let's here. let's let's do that. That's probably a good idea. So, <laughs> Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. It's a three cost uninkable song in Emerald. And it says, uh, return character of yours to your hand to play another character with the same cost or less for free. 
So what you just said, Lady Tremaine. Yeah, so, the, and the way it works, I guess, to explain this too, just to be super clear, is like once the card re- leaves play, it's no longer like the same card because you don't, like, theoretically, you could have another Lady Tremaine in your hand, your opponent doesn't know, so you can just play that same card again. Um, and so, yeah, the best, the best like, version of playing this that I can think of is play Lady Tremaine, somebody else on the board sings this, and you play Lady Tremaine again, and then you've taken out two characters from their board for nothing. Maybe even two ward characters. Yeah, potentially even like a Pete and a Cusco, and then your opponent is crying. Yes. Um, so yeah, that, that's mine. I, again, I think we, we you know, and if you listen to our ink ranking slash tier list for Chapter 2, um, Emerald's unfortunately, you know, not high on the list. And so it's it just doesn't have a lot of viability in the current meta, but I would love this to just like really troll your opponents on just like, you just keep bouncing and removing and um, it obviously works really well with characters that have on play abilities or maybe even like genie like you bounce somebody and then you replay genie again and bounce somebody else and so yeah I, I think there's just a lot of fun shenanigans you can get with boobity bobbity boo I like boobity bobbity boo I've seen it played a few times um, I think that it will reach its full potential soon enough um, for sure hopefully okay so let's hear let's hear your emerald here so I picked the 13th legendary of chapter 2 um, Ray easygoing firefly <laughs> I shouldn't have even asked. Um, which is a five cost, inkable, three strength, three willpower, quest for three, um, evasive character. And I mean I, I just think that not enough people are seeing this card. Um it adds a lot to the meta, I think. What does it add to the meta? Um easygoing Firefly. It just adds Oh it just add, it just adds Ray. To it the adds meta. joyfulness. Oh, so oh okay, okay. If you're ever feeling down. Ever. And you just need someone to cheer you up. You play easygoing Firefly, and that's why it's the 13th legendary of the set. Like it just it helps everyone out, gets you through your tough times. Quest for three. It's got Evangeline in the back. It's just a good time, man. Yeah. I don't I don't know what else to say. It's common, yeah. so you're pulling a bunch. We did. Pull you got a, a bunch of rays just surrounding you. Come on. That's fair. Yeah. It's a good time. That's fair. Okay, Ray for the win. There we go. Um. Okay. And and my uh. Honorable mention for this set would be Dr. Facilier Fortune Teller. Um, I, again, another card I would love to play if possible. I just you know think that Emerald is so far out of the meta right now. It just doesn't work, but hopefully that one can get further into the meta as we, let's as we say, go along. Let's just say Emerald as a whole is underappreciated. Yeah. That, honestly, <laughs> I think the developers really underappreciate Emerald. <laughs> um, okay, let's, let's go on. Um, go on to Ruby then. I suppose, right? I guess that I yeah, guess that goes sure. back to, goes back to my turn. Um, since I just you know did all mention, it feels weird, but um, this one's a little weird because I think it is played and is appreciated to a degree, but I think it's way stronger than people are giving it credit for for the most part. I'm going mini mouse stylish surfer. Yeah. So quests for two evasive for a three cost. I know we've talked about this one before too. Has three willpower as well on a on a three cost. Yeah, and so it's. You know, you're, you don't care about the strength on evasive. Like, you're not challenging with Pongo. You're not challenging unless you, like, you're really in a pinch with evasive. And so the fact that she only has one willpower isn't a detriment to me at all. It's the fact that she, you know, the, the two lore quester, you know, in Pongo moved down an ink cost to three in Minnie Mouse, Stylish Surfer. Um, I know she's played in some of the Ruby Amethyst decks, um, and, and definitely in some of the more aggro Ruby Amethyst decks. But I, I think that 
it's underappreciated how good the card is. And so this is a little bit outside the norm because it definitely is played, but I still, I think the card's fantastic. So yeah, that's mine for Ruby. I like it. It's a good one. Do I get, do I get into mine now? Yeah, go for it. All right. Mine is Donald Duck. Not again. Exclamation point. <laughs> um, is it five cost inkable? One strength, five willpower. Um, quest for one has evasive, and his ability is Fooey, exclamation point. This character gets plus one lore for each one damage on him. So, I have a funny story about this one. My dad, when he first saw this card, I traded one to him, and he's like, this is one of the most incredible cards I have ever seen. I'm going to buy three for $8 each off a TCG player right now. He just got his back a week ago, has not even touched them yet. <laughs> um, but... Having said that, this is kind of a two-for-one here. This is one of the legendaries as well. Um, you've, teeth and Ambition. Teeth and Ambitions. Gives gives this five lore right off the bat. You technically could just teeth your, teeth your Donald twice. Yes. I think that that's like both the advanced and the new boy to play it. I agree with that completely. I think the, and I say that because the advanced way would be you could like really catch your opponent off guard and get five. You know, like maybe he's the only card on the board for you and you're at 15 lore and mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know, they're not in lethal range and so they don't really worry about it too much, but then you teeth teeth yourself and then he wins. But I think it's the noob way because me being a noob would probably do that every time I play him versus teething, teething ambitions him and then taking out an opponent card mm -hmm. and then only giving him three for a mm -hmm. minimal amount of time and then give, and not taking the board control. So I think like it's very dynamic in that sense. But yeah, I, I, I think that's a good one too. I saw this card and I think we talked about it. I would love this to be a fantastic card too. We were in the movie theater when you showed this to me for the first time, which is... Oh yeah, okay, I do remember that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is one that, again, I think perfectly fits, where this could get into a place where, you know, like, I don't know, you're playing with the queen, so he has a bunch of strength, and so he can actually do some challenging if necessary. I think, you know, he just doesn't have the ability to challenge, and so like running him into a character to get that damage doesn't do much it just wastes a turn because the one strength isn't going to kill anybody but with teeth it, it gets really interesting for sure okay you got an honorable mention i'm throwing you on the spot again you got an honorable mention or were you moving on to sapphire um let's see here not ready you know what i do because i think oddly enough it's not being played a bunch okay dinner bell yeah, you know, I th we talked about Dinner Bell way too much, and we really messed up Dinner Bell. I, I think you're right. I think Dinner Bell is a, is a good pick. So uh, I'll I say it, knock right off the bat. It's a four-cost inkable, which is kind of a problem, but whatever. Yeah. But I, I like it. It's Ruby a good card draw. Yep. It's a solid item. Like it, it, Especially with the, um, I'll just say right off the bat, um, Mother Gothel, uh, Withered, and Wicked. Yep. It's it's nice there. So. All right. Um, okay, Sapphire. We are. Th this one was the hardest one for me to pick because I'm actually changing mine, which is funny. Okay, that's fine. Um, I, I just feel like Sapphire has like the five cards in Popsicle that are just like nutty, and like nothing else is played in Sapphire. Like, yep. is is that fair to say? Completely. Fair. So it, it's really tough because we were even going through the list, and you've got like. 
Um, like Sisu, obviously, which, you know, I think the first time I played Sisu on Pixelborn, I was like, man, I'm, I'm in trouble. The Sisu is killing me. Um, don't see Sisu at all. I think you've got um, Grand Pabby, which, again, I was, like, incredibly, incredibly high on. Don't see him at all. Um, you've got the Cogsworths, which, again, I think have some very strong potential. Don't see him at all. Um, you've got Alice, which, again, everybody was, like, incredibly high on. Stop talking about my card. Don't garden. see her at all. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm just going out. Okay, good to know. So mine, I'll stop saying every card. Um, mine is Caterpillar. And the reason I chose Caterpillar is because it's a three-cost, three-quester. Is this the only one of its type? Is there another three-quester in the set? I don't think there is, right? What do you, if three-cost? Three-cost, three cost. so I'll go over the stats for again. So Inkable, three-cost, one strength, three willpower, quests for three. I mean, there's the Pinocchio, which is probably even better. That's but. true. But that's, yeah, I mean, that's... I guess a little bit different of a scenario because that's super aggro, but yeah. So there, there is another alternative to this, but um, there's besides Pinocchio, there's not a better quester at this at this range. So, so. I, so. I mean, anytime you're doing that much damage or putting that much pressure on, especially that early on in the game, you can you can really put your opponent on their back foot. Um, but again, given the the popsicle engine, there's just there's no place today for it. So yeah, all right. I'll I will turn it over to you. All right, so. Out of nowhere, I'm picking Alice Growing Girl. No one expected that. Um, three cost, inkable. One uh, one strength, four willpower, quest for one. Um, she has two abilities. The first one is good advice. Your other characters gain support. Um, and then the second ability, what did I do? Um, while this character has ten strength or more, she gets plus four lore. So she, I think what's cool about her is she has a built-in engine to help her main goal. Um, also another big part of why I love this card is that it's three cost. Yeah. And you could quest for five with it. Pretty nutty. Um, and if you have the Emerald Queen on board, you could technically quest for five turn four. Yeah. So. I mean, also there's like, there's a Pete, I, is it Pete that works with it? Or Yeah, Pete and Emerald. Yep. Yep. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's quite a... There's a lot of potential. I, I mean, I like it a lot. Yep, um, I agree. I think it's also one of our legendaries in, in Chapter 2. Um, you just love picking the legendaries, don't you? I, I think it's crazy to say that the legendaries are underappreciated. Yeah, like, that's I think, fair. I think it's wild. All right, well, I'm going for my um, for my honorable mention. I'm going to go with the one that you said you were going to go with. <laughs> um, Winnie the Pooh having a think. I think it's a good dinner bell replacement that's a little underappreciated. But, yeah, I, so I'm, I'm saying Winnie the Pooh. Just for you. dinner bell replacement? You said I, I did say dinner. You had me on the dinner, but not dinner bell. Um, fishbone quill replacement. There you go. Thank you. I mean, I, I feel like I do that once an episode at least. Also, can cool. I, I'm just going to put out another honorable mention. Go for it. Sardine can. Yeah, I almost picked sardine can as my honorable mention, so I'm glad you said that. Um, All right, last not least. Not last, but not least. There we go. Yeah, right. and it definitely isn't least, but I don't know. Maybe it should be. Um, <laughs> no, what? I'm kidding. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Steel is obviously uh, incredibly powerful. And so it's hard to pick one of Steel because most of the cards are so good. Um, and to be honest, I don't even remember which one I picked. Did I, I, did I say the Prince? I said the Prince, didn't I? Yes, you did. Yeah, I said the Prince. Okay. Um, so I'm going the Prince. Um, never give up. He's a three-cost, inkable, one-strength, three-willpower quests for two in Steel. He's got Bodyguard, and I think he's like rivals Simba as the best bodyguard. 
Like best early bodyguard. Yeah. I know. I say body. Like I think Simba's the best bodyguard in the game. Did you say resist plus one? You did. Right? No, I'm not there yet. But oh, my yeah. bad. Well, I mean, we'll get there. I, I think Simba's the best. Is the Simba protective cub is the best bodyguard in the game because he he's definitely the most used bodyguard yeah. in the game, yeah. and so I think he's the best just because he's the most versatile. I think. The prince again. I think he's in a weird spot because you have Steel Song, and so he just doesn't have a place. But I think he's maybe the best bodyguard, or definitely the second best bodyguard, because as Jake spoiled, he's got resist plus one. Sorry. So three strength, three cost with resist plus one. He's really hard to take out. I mean, you pretty much have to come in and like Maui him that early on. Like obviously later on in the game, there's going to be plenty to take him out, but yeah. you'd have to grab your swords him twice. Like you're not going to do that. I mean, Smash doesn't take him out. You grab your swords twice wouldn't work. You're right, it wouldn't. I can't do math. So. Um, I mean, Smash would only do two. Yeah, so you'd have a lot of like a lot of direct removal to get him out, and and his whole point is to just be annoying on the board and protect I mean, everything else. He quests for two and three. And he quests for two. So, anyways, I I think that there's a world where the bodyguard meta becomes important in Steel again, and he's like really powerful. But with Steel Song right now, it's just all about direct damage. It's how many direct damage cards can you have in your deck. And that's all that matters. So he just doesn't have a place. But that's the point of this episode. That so is, he he will down the line for sure. I think. Okay. So that's. I think that that ends my turn. So go for it. Finish I, finish strong. I've got a card that is the beginning of a chapter I used to love, and it's called Pick a Fight. It's an action card that is two costs, uninkable. Chosen character can challenge ready characters this turn. Um, I used to make a lot of people upset yeah my family you used this, this to one. get me you used this against me quite a bunch the first couple times we played um, and it was very very annoying i agree for sure another reason i love it is it's our first record ralph card i'll just say that right yeah that's that. fair it's got record ralph right on the front so a little tease for chapter three i believe i would assume hopefully hopefully um but i i mean it, it's pretty self-explanatory but i mean it's just it's able to take out threats before they're used most yeah. of the time or if something like a Prince John or something like a Duke that usually stays ready to never exerts, it's there for that as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, you got an honorable mention you want to you wanna touch on for this one or I, I are we do. wrapping up here? I do actually. Lee Shang. That was going to be mine too. So um, if you didn't have one. I think it adds, I mean, it, it just adds overall protection. And that's all I'll say on that. I just think it helps out a lot. Yeah, I agree. Um yeah, so hopefully, like, maybe maybe we do have, like, a crystal ball here, and we look back in, like, oh, six months, sure. and some of these are, like, super meta now. For um, sure. But, yeah, that's that's kind of the, the point of this, and so hopefully we gave some insight into, like, good cards that are underplayed, so if you are looking for something kind of different and fun to play, I think all these cards we touched on today definitely... They're all fun. Fit, I really think they all are deal. fun. Yeah, like, they, for sure. They really are, like, all pretty cool and interesting to play. Um, and some of them, like... Like we've said in past episodes, I think kind of had their own built-in engines that help just the deck immediately. Yeah, and I will say, though, if you want something really fun to play, I would say go either from Jake's pick would be Peter Pan's Shadow, or from my pick would be The Prince uh, from The Steel Bodyguard. I think both of those are going to be very annoying for your opponent and really fun for you. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, if you're looking to, to troll your opponent, those are the two that I would go with. I, I agree with both of them, actually. All right, I think that wraps and Ray and Ray also. and Ray, of course, and Ray, of course. So, any any final comments? Are we we wrapping it up there? I think we're wrapping it up here, man. I, right. It was a good episode. I liked yeah. it. All right. Well, as always, everyone, thanks for listening. And if you have any questions or comments you want to leave us, 
Um, what is your underappreciated card? Shoot us a note, and for sure. and we will um, comment later. Um, and as always, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.